This is the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Edition of The Leach Report. Live from Wild Eggs of Lexington, it's UK football talk on the menu today. You can interact with the show by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. And you can call on the drinksword.com hotline at 877-904-1080. Now, alongside former Wildcat QB Freddie Maggard, Here's the voice of the cats, Tom Leach. Hello, everybody. Welcome into our Monday edition of the Leach Report from the Mobile Clark's Pump and Shop Studio here at the Wild Eggs in Hamburg. And Freddie Maggard will be joining me shortly to talk about a disappointing night for the cats on Saturday out at Kroger Field as Tennessee got out with a 45-42 to win over the Wildcats. So Kentucky drops its third game in a row, has dropped out of the top 25 and we'll talk about it with freddie and uh talk about the final three games of the season that are coming up starting uh, this saturday down in uh, saturday night in nashville against the vanderbilt commodores kentucky has opened i saw as a favorite of almost 20 points in that game wildcat news of the day is presented by giuseppe's of lexington and kentucky got into a track meet with a team that loves to play in that kind of game and uh, Tennessee hit them on the very first offensive play of the game with a simple flanker screen and Kentucky uh, missed the tackle and it went for a 75 yard touchdown Kentucky answers three plays later Tennessee hits another 70 plus yard pass Kentucky finally did did get back ahead in the game and then uh, sequence at the late in the second quarter is uh, really what became difficult to overturn or to overcome for Kentucky, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about all of this. We um, talk about the game with Freddie when he joins us here uh, shortly at Wild Eggs. Um, but for Kentucky now, they're going to find a way to uh, regroup. Uh, certainly, getting a break in terms of the uh, the opponent is going to help. And football is is such a uh, a momentum sport. If Kentucky uh, can take care of business at Vandy. Uh, will be obviously a heavy favorite against New Mexico State. And at some point, hopefully, we'll start to get some of their injured defensive players back. Uh, Marcon McCall was out there on the sideline in uniform, so uh, he's getting closer, and hopefully he'll be able to uh, get back with the team here. It would be nice to get him back for at least uh, uh, a couple of games, if not all three. And I think by the time Kentucky faces Louisville, hopefully they'll be... Uh, much in a, in a healthier spot with their defense because uh, those injuries on the defensive side um, are really uh, exposing the weaknesses that Kentucky was able like, to disguise earlier in the season. So we'll talk about all of this when we move through the show today with Freddie. A couple of other things. Kentucky basketball picked up a report, an important recruiting commitment from Cason Wallace, 6'4 guard out of Texas. Uh, outstanding defensive prospect from what the folks say that follow the recruiting scene and he is the third top 10 recruit to commit to kentucky and it could end up being a number one ranked recruiting class it uh, if not it will be uh, very close but uh, now i think at the moment kentucky's ranked one in most of the ranking services reports the cats the current cats are in new york city to prepare for the matchup with duke to open the season tomorrow night at madison square garden in the champions classic so they'll get a practice in up there today, and then uh, they'll go over to the garden for a shoot-around 
tomorrow and uh, then the game late tomorrow night. So because of uh, traveling, I'll be traveling up tomorrow uh, to New York. So Dick Gabriel will be in for me tomorrow. And then uh, we'll be getting back so late on Wednesday that Gabe will be in on Wednesday as well. But uh, going to Mike DeCourcy and Larry Vaught to break it down tomorrow on preview, Kentucky Duke. And then uh, Chris Fisher, Kyle Tucker on Wednesday. So that's what's coming up here on the show this week. A couple of other uh, quick notes. Breeders' Cup uh, played out at Del Mar in Southern California with Nick's go. His speed early, nobody went with him. And he j- the thing about him is... So he's got that high, what they call high cruising speed. He can go fast and not get tired. And if you go with him, uh, you're probably not going to win. And he may not win either. So, But if, because it's hard to, to challenge him and win, then most or, or horses often don't go. And that's what happened here. And so he just breezed along and got the victory uh, for trainer Brad Cox. So congrats to uh, Brad Cox and the connections there. If you were listening to our show Friday, uh, we had Ryan Flanders on from Trip Note Pros. He gave you a couple of horses to watch off bad trips. One of them, Big Switch, won on Friday and paid $8. The other one, Aloha West, on Saturday won and paid $24. So if you uh, were listening to Ryan, you made a little money from the Friday show. We're at the Wild Eggs in Hamburg for our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. And Freddie Maggard will be joining us here shortly. We'll get to the program and break down Kentucky, Tennessee. Look ahead to the stretch run of the season when we come right back. It's the Leach Report, Radio Network. Glad you're with us today. Find out more about the voice of the cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. Our opening Wildcat News of the Day segment presented by Giuseppe's of Lexington. And if you're looking for something to put in a uh, stocking or a gift card this Christmas, Giuseppe's gift cards would work great. And you can order them at Giuseppe'sLexington.com, and they'll even mail them out for you. Uh, Freddie Maggard is uh, making his way to our location here at the Wild Eggs in Hamburg when we had to uh, change the start time for the show and move up an hour. Um, it... Uh, Freddie's got uh, school duties in the morning, so we're all the way over here in Hamburg, away from where he lives. It's a little longer to get here, so we've got him on the line now, and uh, he'll be with us here shortly. And, Freddie, that was a, uh, a rough night on Saturday. Yeah, it was, Tom. Losing to Tennessee, you know, I, I wrote about it yesterday on KSR. Losing stinks, but the aroma to losing to Tennessee is, is, is extra bad, and, uh, you know, that's a rivalry that goes back for many years, and especially geographically where I grew up and a lot of the Big Blue Nation fans are from, Tennessee is the primary rival. So, uh, yeah, that that was a gut punch. It was a bad matchup from the get-go. Football is a game of matchups. You know, I know basketball season starting time, so I'll use a basketball analogy. Say if you have two seven-footers and a 6'10", uh, three, that – that, that's really good on the inside game, but can't cover the three. And you play a team that is a plays with four guards and shoots a bunch of threes, and they get hot. It's a bad matchup, and it doesn't mean you're a bad team. It's just a bad matchup, and that's what Kentucky faced Saturday. And and, and Tennessee with those wide splits, uh, with the quick tempo offense, I, I, I didn't feel good about it because of uh, the corners were put on the island so many times and, and have not had a lot of success on the top of routes and and you have to give tennessee credit but you know tennessee averaged um, average 10 yards per play 
So that's a first down every time the ball was snapped. Uh, Hendon Hooker, I thought, and still think, is the best quarterback that Kentucky will face this year. Averaged 15 yards per pass attempt, 21 yards per completion. The Vols exploded offensively, and Kentucky didn't have an answer. Uh, but offensively, I thought Will Levis absolutely played his guts out. Uh, battled, he threw for over 300, rushed for 47, caught a 15-yard pass, scored touchdowns. Yes, he had the pick six, but nobody's perfect. The football was in his hand 64 times on Saturday, 64 plays, either by run or by pass. So uh, you're going to have a bad player too. But overall, I thought Levis played great. The, the running the running game resurfaced, rushed for over 225 yards. But if you accumulate 612 yards, 35 first downs, score 42 points, you expect to win the football game. Kentucky didn't. And uh, like you said earlier in the show, the injuries are really adding up and personnel issues are, are being magnified due to that fact. Yeah, you mentioned Hendon uh, Hooker, and, and he was outstanding, but uh, Kentucky yeah. has made the, the last three quarterbacks they face uh, look like all SEC QBs, 65 yeah. of 79, uh, the completions I saw in your, uh, your after-action review. And that for 910 yards and eight touchdowns, and yeah. you know Kentucky defensively in September uh, was leading the nation in uh, fewest big chunk plays allowed. And so, so what happened? Well, you lost the guy who gives you the push up the middle in Marquand McCall, maybe the the most important injury loss. But uh, you lost Octavius Oxendine, who was coming on. So you had three guys who, along with Pascal, are NFL caliber front three to affect the quarterback and the guys who have replaced them aren't able to do that yet. Yeah, and you also got to throw in Jordan Wright, who's very important on the edge uh, that that can create some havoc. But Kentucky sacked Hooker five times, which is good. A lot of those were, several of those were were closer to the end zone or in the red zone where the the field condenses and you can take some chances. So Kentucky was in a tough situation where you want to bring more pressure, but it's proven now that, that one-on-one scenarios on the outside is not a winning formula for Kentucky, and you got you man coverage behind those blitzes. So it, it was just a bad, bad matchup. But but you're right, Tom. Stetson Bennett, Will Rogers, and, and Hendon Hooker have completed 82% of their passes over the past three games, and, and that's not good. And, and Kentucky is a pass defense that's led the SEC in pass defense for the past two years. So it's uncharacteristic. Uh, the schemes haven't changed. It's just it's just personnel matchups that Kentucky's not winning. Mark Stoops talks about it all the time about how his defense needs to compete. And, and compete refers to one-on-one open field tackles in space. Kentucky didn't do a good job of that. One-on-one matchups on the outside. Kentucky didn't do a good job of that. So uh, that that's you know, that 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 led to a 45-point output by Tennessee. But you know, going back to the offense, I was really happy to see the tight ends have their best collective game of the season. Nine catches. Uh, I think I said it last week on, on on our show, and I'll say it again. I think Isaiah Cummings is a, is, a, is an emerging star at that tight end position. Four catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Wondell Robinson, just like Will Levis, battled for four quarters. 13 catches, 166 yards, and a score. And it was really good to see 
Chris Rodriguez running with confidence, with purpose, and with power. And, and I was happy for him uh, offensively. But, uh, you know, 6-3 and three is not – I mean, I think, I think everything got a little unrealistic, out of whack expectation-wise with this team with a 6-0 and o star. But, you know, if I contribute to that, I'm not going to apologize because 6-0 and o is fun. Yes, and, it is. And the counter, <laughs> the counter to that, Tom, is, well, you've not beaten anybody. Okay, would you be more happy if Missouri was the Missouri that won back-to-back East championships, LSU was with Burrow, Florida was the Tebow years, and South Carolina was Peak Spurrier, and you're looking at a 2-7 and seven record. Would that be more satisfying? I don't know. I'm okay with competition being down. I'm okay with a 6-0 and start. Now Kentucky's got to finish, and, and going to Vanderbilt's an opponent that it should beat. I mean, there's a skid out there that, that Kentucky should win Saturday. So uh, I think Saturday's going to be uh, Saturday's going to be a, a game that 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 Kentucky needs uh, against an opponent that it's more talented in than it's much better than, and Kentucky needs this game at Vanderbilt, but has to play well in Nashville. More with Freddie Maggard. When we come back, it's the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. 22 past the top of the hour. We're at the Wild Eggs in Hamburg. We alternate between uh, Hamburg and the Palomar location for these shows each week. You uh, see the specials written up in uh, colorful chalk on the board when you walk in, like the Caramel Apple Mimosa, one of the specials right now at the Wild Eggs in Hamburg. We'll be right back. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. And we are back, and Freddie is on location. Hello, uh, Tom. Hello, Freddie. Good to see you in person. Good to see you, yeah. <laughs> um, we were a uh, couple more things on the defense. Yeah. Uh, the th- second touchdown ended up with the Valus Jones yes. blowing past DeAndre Square. Yeah. That's the thing, and what the way Tennessee plays is they get going fast and you have communications errors. That yeah. that was not the design play to have DeAndre Square guarding Valus Jones. No, and, and, and it, I'm sure Coach Dukes would be asked about this tonight, but it looked to me that the overtop help from the safety bit on the end route. And and I, 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 I have a hard time thinking – that DeAndre Square had one-on-one with, with Vilas Jones. So you're expecting over top. It was just an inside-out wheel route, as all yeah. it was with the receiver. And you you rely, as an underneath defender, the safety to come over to the top to take that. And the safety bit on the end route. So that's what it looked like to me. It wasn't. It didn't, it didn't appear to be a one-on-one with Square and Jones. Because that's an automatic timeout if that happens. That's where uh, you're going to... You're going to have some of those when you play some. a team yeah. that plays that fast with with good athletes. You're yeah. going to have some of those. You just you have to go in knowing that. You know, I kind of figured Kentucky was going to have to be north of thirty to win the game. It turned yeah. out that was wasn't enough. I, I thought forty. Forty was my number. Here's why: Tennessee averaged is, is going into that game averaged thirty seven points a game. Yeah. So if it played its average normal game, you're looking. At, you need forty to win. So I always thought. To, you know, I you know I wrote about it. It was a track meet. Tennessee was in the sprints events. Kentucky was at the shot put circle. Yeah. Tennessee, it was easy for Tennessee to score. Yeah. Where Kentucky had to strain every time all the way down the field. Two different offense, scored 40 points, but did so in much different ways. Yeah, it's, uh, I was, uh, Shannon and I were talking off the air before the show started. I said, when I, you know, when I watch basketball games and see one team scoring easily and the other one working to score yeah. over the course of the game, 
it's more often than not the team that's having an easier time scoring is going to win. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, football is a game of matchups. Uh, you know, you know, especially in the Southeastern Conference. Look what happened in Florida and South Carolina. I mean, yeah. across the board, LSU played Alabama to a six-point game and had threw a football into the end zone to beat Alabama. Uh, you know, if you look, let's take our Kentucky caps off and just look at the top ten, top five. The difference in Cincinnati beating Tulsa in a struggle and difference in Alabama beating LSU. Well, Tulsa don't, doesn't have a lot of pros on that 2D. Yeah. LSU does. Yeah. And you do that week in and week out. And you go against teams with players that are going to play in the National Football League. It's it's tough. I think in the SEC this year, Georgia is at the top right. by itself. Alabama's Close. ahead of the rest of the pack. It's they're closer. they're a clear two, yeah. but they're ahead of the. But the gap between two and the rest is not as great. Not as, as great. Uh, but from three to I don't know. I'd have to add up how many teams. Three to seven or eight. I mean, Kentucky, LSU, Florida, Mississippi, Mississippi State, yeah. Arkansas. Week to week, it's who's healthy and what the matchup is. It's and the matchups. Week to week, it's all about the matchups. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, you know, over the course of of a season, yeah. you're not gonna win all of those in no, that situation. Not. No, you're not. And, and I know the focus is on the Kentucky defense, and yeah. it should be absolutely three bad performances, three bad matchups. If you look at the big picture. One unit on, on Kentucky's team is ranked 11th in the SEC. The other is ranked 6th in the SEC. Based on the comments I'm getting, which have been pretty rough, and that's okay. I, I'm a big boy. I deserve that. <laughs> the Kentucky defense is ranked 6th in the SEC in total defense. That's upper half of the SEC. The offense is ranked 11th. So you have to look at the but, body of work. But the matchups, man, you get you get those matchups that, that, that isolate and – and focus on individual one-on-one matchups. That's where the compete comes in. Well, it's been tough. Kentucky last year. Um, well, I tell you, this is a little longer point, so I'll, I'll get into this when we come back because we're running short on time. We got the hard break coming up at the bottom of the hour. It's our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Edition of the Leach Report, and uh, Freddie Maggard is here at the Wild Eggs in Hamburg with me. And coming up in the second half of the show, we'll get some of your questions. You can tweet those to me at Tom Leach KY, or you can email Leach Report at gmail.com, or you can give us a call. It's Tom Leach, Freddie Maggard, and the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Edition of the Leach Report from the Mobile Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. And you can return, refresh, and refuel at almost 70 Clark's locations all across the Bluegrass. We will be right back. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Welcome back into our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Edition of the Leach Report. Coming to you from the Wild Eggs in Hamburg, Freddie Maggard, the former Wildcat QB, alongside. You can uh, read his coverage of the Cats at KentuckySportsRadio.com. And um, you're at uh, the high school game. Was it Great Crossing last week, right? Yeah, Scott County, Great Crossing. Scott County won 21-19. So, intra-county yeah, rivalry. Yeah, that, that's rare for uh, in, in the playoffs, getting yeah. that kind of matchup. And, and we got a good one. Uh, let's get to some questions that uh, are coming in from our listeners. First, we'll go to uh, the Twitter feed from Travis. Can you s- explain to the average fan about the defensive issue? Let me start, and then you can uh, okay. expound on this. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky lost five guys to the NFL mm-hmm. at three levels. Yeah. You lost Phil Hoskins and Quentin Bohanna up yeah. front. 
you replace them with uh, McCall and uh, Oxidine. Yeah. Uh, and Octavius was coming on, so I Big think time. he's an NFL yeah. talent. McCall, NFL caliber talent. Yeah. But they're not out there now. Right. Second line, you lost Jamin Davis. Ooh. And you don't, the guys are playing solid, but nobody's at Jamin's level. Yeah. Secondary, you lost Brandon Eccles and Kelvin Joseph, who are, were NFL, uh, NFL guys. Yeah. The guys behind them, that's the biggest drop-off. Well, the guys behind them transferred out, too. Well, yeah. Jabari Brown to Purdue. You made that point last week. MJ in Devonshire to Pitt. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, all of a sudden, you're razor thin at cornerback. But, yeah, yeah. It, the biggest concern I had, and we've talked about this a thousand times, going into the season was replacing those five NFL defenders. Now, with Ox and with Bully McCall, you're okay there, and you were dis- that they had that front three was good enough that was they disguised yeah. some of the other weaknesses. Absolutely, and then you can you can play games, you can do things, but yeah, and then uh, losing Jamie Davis obviously to the to Washington, which is great for him, but yeah, it, it that that hurt, and it, it was hard to rebuild from that uh, for Kentucky, but played extremely well early on. And did that because of that. That front was was doing things that were really positive, really strong, yeah. and and it allowed Kentucky to do some things. But you know, Vito Tisdale to me is really coming on. Uh, he's a disruptor. He got a flat, uh, a pass interference penalty that yeah. uh, was unfortunate because. I, and I heard Anthony White on our Sunday show here in Lexington talking about this yesterday. He he made the, the right play for a defensive back to make. The way he broke on yeah. the ball mm-hmm. is what you need to see more of. Yes. Now, unfortunately, he got there. Uh, it was the right call. It yes. was uh, he was it was pass interference. He got there just a tad early, but um, that was at least uh, playing the play the right way. And that's a great point to philosophy, Tom, and to personality of a defender. You want that aggressiveness. You you don't want him to not make that play. Unfortunately, it was a pass interference mm-hmm. call. But you want a defensive back that's going to break on the football, that's going to make plays, that's going to be physical when he gets to the to the ball carrier. And I think Vito is really uh, really playing well, and I like his physicality. I like his mentality, and I think Kentucky needs him on the field. Um, to back, to, I guess, to cycle back to Travis's point, can you explain the the issue to the average fan? It's essentially it's. It's mainly personnel. It's yeah. got, it's got in, in, in injuries because yes. it's either guys that they've lost or the guy that to injury or guys that they lost to the NFL and didn't replace yeah. with guys that were close enough to that level. Yeah. And the guys behind them are still young. And yeah, you hope the guys behind them will get to you know a, an NFL caliber level. At this point in the season, injuries and attrition are part of every every SEC yeah. program. Your your goal is to develop depth players into starters now and contributors, and that's tough to do, and Kentucky's dealing with that. But when you add on to it the matchup problems that Mississippi State with the air raid and, those, I mean, enough cannot be said how wide those splits were with the receivers. They were outside the numbers, yeah. nearly on the sideline. So that stretches you so thin defensively that it takes scheme out of it, and it's, 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 it's backyard football. It's one-on-one. Kentucky's not winning those one-on-one matchups. Uh, Andrew Phillips is a player, is a corner, a young young corner that I think you could see maybe see more of in the final three games because he's aggressive, like Vito Tisdale on the football field, where he will he may be wrong, he may get an interference call, but he will do so at one hundred and twenty-five percent. The next 
two opponents don't have the personnel that they've been facing in these last five games to right. stress them <clears throat> right. uh, in in the way that they have been stressed. So yeah. that's why it gets better. By the time you get to Louisville, you have to hope that maybe you've got McCall back and maybe you've got yeah. Jordan Wright back. Yeah, absolutely, because Louisville will put the same stressors mm-hmm. that n- not as good, not as efficient, uh, but Cunningham is a very good quarterback and will put some of the same stressors that Tennessee did. And uh, but but yeah, you, you, Kentucky's going to need all those players back if, if possible. Dennis uh, emails Leach Report at gmail dot com. Freddie, Mike Leach, and Josh Heupel ain't going nowhere. So Kentucky better get some personnel at pass defense ASAP. He's well, right. He's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think I wrote about that that the pass defense is is really not going to be fixable until two thousand twenty two. But what can can help? And this is again cycles back to September. Nobody wants to hear about injuries. It's an excuse. It's yeah. But. Not all turnovers are the same. I was talking right. about this after the Mississippi State game. You know, the, the turnover situation was about a 28-point swing. Yeah. Not all turnovers are the same. Not all injuries are the same. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a guy gets hurt and you don't feel it as much with McCall and, and Oxenon, but mainly McCall, there's a guy that commanded double teams yep. and also could push the pocket up the middle. Yes. So, between, you know, he can affect the quarterback into his eyes. And then the double teams maybe give a better opportunity for guys off the edge yep. to get uh, pressure, and that's the pressure you're not getting. That's the now. pressure you're not getting. And also, Jordan uh, Jordan Wright has been hurt for yeah. the majority of the season. One of your, not a, he's, you know, your he's havoc, been a he's a havoc guy, yeah. been a big play guy. Yeah, big play guy that, that Kentucky's badly missed. Yeah, JJ Weaver is playing extremely well. They have. To, I did, they did tell me that uh, last week JJ's getting uh, about to look at about back to 100 percent. Good, and he had two and a half sacks. Fourth, fourth in the SEC in quarterback sacks. So, yeah, you have J.J. Weaver, but but to have Jordan Wright additionally would, would, would go a long way to mask some of the deficiencies in the secondary. On Twitter from Chris, Cats finish 9-3 and three or possibly 8-4. and four. Is that a disappointment? Well, 8-4 no. is more disappointing than 9-3. and three. Yeah, See, I, I, I would say I understand fans who are disappointed yeah. given where – they were and the yeah. chance that they put themselves absolutely in. understand that if you step back and look at it again you know kentucky had won six games in a row by one score yeah you don't win all of those yeah so just you know if you're a stat person that's just kind of analyzing data you don't don't have any you know any dog in that fight so to speak of, of a game you would look at numbers and think over time it's going to catch up it's going to catch up to you yeah and you're going to end up with three or four losses, and you're not going to be 11 and one or 12 and 0. Yeah. That's kind of what's happening. But yeah. I understand you're disappointed. Absolutely. After a, you know, you're thinking 11 and one, 10 and two. Yeah. But the but big, big picture of things, Kentucky could still finish 10 and three. I'm not saying they're yeah. going to. But but it, you went out the season and you win a bowl game. You're 10 and three. I'm not saying that's going to happen. And out nor did I say that Kentucky was going to be in the playoff. I mean, that's. I'm just saying that could happen. Or Kentucky could finish nine and four. I, I don't know, but expectation management is, is pretty important. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think uh, you know, for me and how I do my how I go about my business is I take I'm you know old school whatever. <laughs> I go one game at a time. I'm not looking past Vanderbilt. Yeah, I mean it's you know I'm, I'm I spent four hours on Sunday breaking down Vanderbilt football, so. If that tells you where my state of mind is, that, that's that's all you need to know. <laughs> but uh, I under, exactly, and is it a disappointment? Yes, was Chris's question. And I understand it, and I, get I understand it. if you are disappointed. Yeah. Once you're removed from the season, and you're looking back on it. If they finish nine and three, whatever happens at the bowl game, yeah. 
There haven't been a lot of those years. Very, very so few. That is still moving forward yes. with your program. And over, you know, the further you get away from it, you think, eh, disappointed is probably too strong a word. Uh, but in the moment, I understand. In the, the moment, feeling. yeah. But you look in that uh, the Joe Craft football training center, uh, center facility, whatever it's called, you see three uh, uh, three bowl championships for the last three seasons. Yeah. That makes up for a lot. Yeah. Uh, another question. I tell you what, let's get to a break, and then we'll get back to another question off the Twitter feed. Keep them coming at Tom Leach KY or email leachreport at gmail.com. Freddie Maggard's here. It's our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback show, and we will be right back. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at Tom Leach KY. It's our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback show here on the Leach Report. Freddie Manger joins us every Monday to talk an hour of football. Terry is uh, on the line. Terry, what do you have? Yeah, guys, I know uh, you, you haven't covered it yet. It might have been by design, but I'm a fan, so I get to ask. Uh, so... The face mask call. People will say, well, that didn't matter because they got the first down anyway. Oh, it matters because you go from that, that puts Levis in, in desperation mode at fourth and 24. And then that's hard to get out of. Plus that play they ran that takes that out of the playbook because they've already shown it. Uh, so that, that face mask call is huge and unacceptable. You, you cannot miss when you got players out there busting their butt for three and a half hours as an official, you cannot miss that call. And it was huge. I know, well, there's a lot of plays in the game. I, I get it. But that's where we're at in the game. And that was un- unsatisfactory. And I hope Stoops, I-, I don't blame him for getting the penalty. I would have done the same thing and I'll hang up and listen. Have a good day, guys. Well, okay, Tim. I'll address that because Tom has to. Well, no, I, I was actually – I wanted to, to go to it, but you, you go. Horrible call. Yeah. Horrible call. And, and and the officials need to be held accountable for that. Yeah. I mean, it's two weeks in a row. Mississippi State – Three touchdown. weeks in a row, actually. Yeah, three weeks with a spot with Georgia. The non-touchdown touchdown at Mississippi State. And the two face masks. Jatan McLean uh-huh. uh, was face masked on the sideline right in front of the official. So that's two face masks. And I throw something else in there. I saw Josh Pascal's jersey being ripped off his shoulder pads on multiple occasions. So I'll even go further with that. So I agree with you, Terry. Uh, the other thing it, it, Terry didn't cover that it impacted, you had to use timeout there yeah. as well. Um, so that was, uh, so you lost some time and, yeah. and they time out there uh, because of the face. It would have been first and 10 at around the 33, I yeah. think, uh, with the face mask call. Uh, against, and, I will preface this by saying uh, none of these calls, quote-unquote, cost Kentucky the game. Right. They were just, just bad calls. Just bad calls. But these, some of these things are uh, inexcusable. And they're adding up. Uh, you, you, can make, you make a – human beings make a mistake. You miss a call. I understand yeah. that. Players, coaches make mistakes. Yeah. The one at, at Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's inexcusable to not – when you've got review and you challenge the call, as Stoops did. Yeah. And – you hear the next week from the SEC that yeah we missed that one, doesn't doesn't help you. They, there's no excuse for missing that one with replay. Yeah. If you call it, if you miss a pass interference in the moment, it's a judgment call. It happens. Football it, happens. But that's 
Same thing the next week with Mississippi State where um, you have a touchdown pass that was dropped. Yeah. So would have uh, four-point difference there. And you follow it up with a point after, so there's no reason to stop and look at it and get it right. And if you have replay and you don't get it right on replay, then you got to look at what's wrong with your system. Uh, and here, this is not one you can look at on replay, um, but it was a bad miss. Yeah. And they'll hear back that, yeah, we missed that one. Um, and <laughs> but the what other thing. Are they thing, roses with that email? Yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, the other thing I will add, because, you know, when things are going bad, you lost three in a row, you don't want to just complain about the officials. No, There's no, a no. lot of other things going on. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, I, the other thing I will add is. And I, I said this on the air. Uh, there's certain words I, I, I didn't add to the phrasing, but I said it takes a lot of something to throw a 15-yard flag on the coach yeah. when you missed one that bad. Yeah. And you have to know that you missed well, it. Well, the official doubled down. On, yeah. On, you know, I, yeah. Yeah. And human, it, you mi- okay, you missed it. It happens in basketball, and, I, and I've heard most coaches, uh, if not all, say this. If the official comes over and says, Coach, I missed that one. You know, and you let you give the guy more leeway to complain when you know you missed it. Yeah. And unless he goes way out of bounds, you don't call a technical or you don't throw a 15 yard penalty. Yeah. And that was, that's the one that a supervisor of officials needs to be talking to somebody in that situation and yep. say, okay, you can't can't do that unless he goes, you know, comes out and bumps you, just goes crazy. Yeah. So anyway, that's all. I agree. <laughs> I agree. So Terry. Um, thank you for the call. We're going to get to our last break, and we'll come back, get to a couple more questions. It is our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report, and we'll be right back. Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. Here at the Wild Eggs in Hamburg, it is rapidly filling up. Always fills up a little later in uh, our show here. Where it's, a, it's an earlier arriving crowd out of the Palomar location, where we will be next week. Uh, get to a couple more questions um, okay. at uh, Tom Leach KY on Twitter. I'll put two together here for you, Freddie. Okay. Uh, from David, he said, "Why isn't UK playing some young guys in the secondary for depth, such as Douglas Phillips and Williams? Is Love it a red shirt?" Um, yeah, I love Love it will red shirt. Uh, Andrew Phillips is one, uh, but but again, now now you're looking at that four game threshold. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think we could see Andrew Phillips uh, a little bit more down the stretch here, uh, and, and I'm not certain about Williams. I mean, I, he was I, playing some earlier. Yeah, uh, I, I have no idea there. Uh, and from Brad, can Freddie shed some light on how we fix the pass defense in 2022? We'll graduate almost the entire defense. Who's in the pipeline that will make the product on the field better next year? Tucky's going to have to hit the transfer portal on defense. I mean, look what it did to the offense. Yeah. And look what it did to the defense at corner going the other way. Yeah. So I mean, it, it giveth and it taketh away. Uh, going to have to you're going to have to hit the portal a, a, or JUCO. Yeah, but actually, I think the portal's better. I do. Yeah, I do too. But yeah, um, yeah it's it's going to it's going to have to be addressed. Uh, absolutely, one hundred percent. And then the thing you don't know is that with that with the pandemic year, where guys still have another year, does a senior come back? Yeah, oh, and I'm thinking like somebody would McCall yeah. since he's missed so yeah, much that, of the year with an injury. That, that's a great question. I don't know what this team's going to look like next year. You know, Chris Rodriguez most likely will be back now. Will Levis will be back. Wondell, we'll see. Yeah. So, but it, if you it, got McCall back, that you know, that will be huge. Yeah. And then Ox and Dime will get an additional year. 
Josh Pascal will will go on to the NFL. We'll see DeAndre Square. Could he? I I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so it's so hard to predict now because of the COVID year, because of portals, because I mean, this team could look totally different on defense in 2022. But the secondary in particular, and yeah. mainly corner. Yeah, they've got to get better. Yeah, quickly and probably quickly. It's going to have to be from you yeah. know some people who aren't here. Yeah. Um. From uh, Ben, well, everybody's kind of hitting the same thing. He said, can you put the help-wanted sign up for DB and take down for wide receiver? Um, wide receiver room is, is, going to, is, has improved, is going to be much improved. Taj Harris yeah. is coming in from Syracuse as, through Dang the transfer key. portal. Uh, you've added some exciting freshmen and yeah. key, maybe more to come. Yeah, and then um, Chauncey Magwood. He made a nice catch a pass, the other night. played quarterback in high school, had a nice catch. So I'll be interested to see Chris Lewis, how he develops in, in year two. And you touched on this uh, briefly earlier. And um, DeKal Kravis, who, who would have played, I think, this yeah. year had he not gotten injured. Yeah. Um, the tight ends. Cummings took a major step forward. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And you get Brendan Bates back. Uh, and you get Keaton Upshaw back. So uh, that's going to be a, a focal point in 2022 on the offensive side. Yeah. And you get Will Levis in year two as a starter. Uh, Justin Rigg has maxed out about anything he could hope <laughs> in terms of yeah, he's, eligibility. Yeah, he, he and Luke Fortner. Uh, I think he's one. He and Luke are two guys. We're going to be sure that they will not be back. They're going to start drawing retirement from UK pretty soon. <laughs> so... Um, but uh, those two guys are, are playing uh, Fortner, playing well. Fortner played a really good game against Tennessee. Vanderbilt, real quick, Tom, pretty much last or second to last in, in every statistical category order, other than have forced 13 turnovers. That's second in the SEC. That's what that team does best. And from the NFL yesterday, can we finally all – the rest of the world get on the same page with all of us here in Kentucky. The quarterback at Buffalo is the other Josh Allen. Is the other Josh Allen. Yeah, that's right. Our Josh Allen played really well. Yeah. Uh, that was cool yesterday where Josh Allen sacked Josh Allen and intercepted Josh yeah. Allen. Safe travels to New York. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Thanks.